Hey y'all, this is Champagne Sharks episode 80. It's part two to episode 78. Now, you'll want to listen to episode 78 before hopping into this one. And it's about Donald Glover, tokenism, a New Yorker article about the show Atlanta and a bunch of other things. So listen to that first, then come back here and listen to this one. And without further ado, let's get it on. example some of the little things that bothered me like he called that remember that they had an episode of the show called ban and um it was it, and it was this episode of atlanta all the all, all the all the references that gotta be from the first season huh yeah yeah uh it was the um he calls it the bet parody episode but to me it was supposed to be oh. atlanta public access like like it wasn't it was the that, that that's not BT. that's public access like BT. yeah that, that was more like a charlie rose or, yeah um, uh, yeah it came across more like a like, really like a um what's the guy with the suspenders larry king the old yeah, guy. Yeah. larry kingish yeah yeah you know? but it has the production values of public access like public access has a lot of shows that kind of looks like charlie rose or look like larry king but the budget and the caliber of celebrities are like super local and super i would say the commercials were more bet-ish maybe because public access yeah that yeah 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 but he called he kept calling it like a bet parody episode and i'm like okay i think you just think anything that's predominantly black is bet like 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 you know that's not a bet really episode i mean maybe tavis smiley was the closest you can come to a bet show like that there you go that's in the same vein. Tavis yeah. Smiley, uh, Charlie Rose. It had that whole feel like you like you said it the right the first time. That whole uh, public access PBS type of feel. Although, like you said, the commercials kind of give you that BET uh, kind of feel. But the Atlanta episode is not a uh, really a typical. Tavis Smiley wasn't a typical BET show. Like when you think of BET, but but um, like that was an example of something that I felt was like. Um, weird. But but the other thing is, it had this part where it says, um, "Let me see, let me see if I could find it in the in the article because it, it says one thing that I thought was kind of weird." Um, and I feel like a lot of blavity blacks do this too, but it acts like there was no black sitcom before um, 
Okay, like here's let me see if I can find it. Okay, so it says in the old days of television, when four networks dominated the industry, the survival standard was clear. A show thrived by attracting a huge audience, and it attracted a huge audience by being diverting yet comforting. You just needed that actor everyone liked, Tony Danza or Ted Danson, or a new spin on an old premise. He's obsessive-compulsive or paranoid, schizophrenic, or has Asperger's, and she's bipolar, but they all solve crimes or medical mysteries. David Simon, who wrote for the NBC procedural Homicide in the 90s, before he created The Wire and The Deuce for HBO, said, and first off, why are you going to David Simon? But it's like he's he's like the expert on blackness. Like even Obama used brought David Simon in. Like Obama's a perfect example of someone who thinks like these people. Like when it came time to like have a rap showcase, he gets the guy from Hamilton, which is like just just nerd nerd rap, and has him at the place. And when he um wants to showcase um like black um urban literature, he has the guy from The Wire as the poet laureate of of uh black urban culture like like you know this guy but um uh the guy from the wire um obama had him at the white house kind of like to talk about like he had him there as like a, the expert on uh black culture basically you know who, who are you talking about who, who, do, who do you have uh david simon the guy who wrote oh for real the wire yeah, yeah. I, you know what I, I must have missed that one yeah yeah i missed yeah. that Wow. Yeah. Oh, Obama used to name drop him a lot because he realized that's who white people think of as uh, having a pulse on black credibility. And, and you know, to, to show that he was hip to white people, he had uh, David Simon, and, you know, basically talked him up as like, you know, basically the poet laureate of um, the hood, basically. Um, mm. um, okay. Yeah, but he, so David Simon says, Homicide pulled 10 million people on a Friday night, and we were in third place getting creamed. To stay on the air, you had to sell reassurance, with every story being resolved before the last commercial. Everything had to be bigger than people actually are. You had to have the most surprising people fucking and blow shit up in a ball of fire. And you could never have black, a majority black or Asian or Latino show because you'd lose audience. Mm. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's not true. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not an honest, that's not an honest uh, reading of what was going on at that time. It, it is not. It's a perfect example of why I think these people, these people really think that the black shows that got on their radar are the first black shows. Like they really think like blackish is like, you know, something new. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a yeah. Cosby show. Um, yeah. Let me tell you something. I watched um it used to come on TV one. I, yeah, I watched TV one a couple times. I don't know if it was unsung or whatever it was, but they were talking about that show, What's Happening. You remember what's happening? And when that first came out, that kicked whatever slot that they put it in, it was kicking ass. I think it was even kicking ass up against the Cosby show. Um they weren't and, on the, they weren't on at the same time, but um uh, the original what's happening in the 70s yes. uh unless you mean yeah uh bill cosby had a 70s show called the bill cosby show he's very creative with naming his shows he had the bill Co- he had the bill cosby show in the 70s 
the Cosby show in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in the 90s, he just had Cosby. Like, that's it, Cosby. He names them all after himself. Yeah. But that show was kicking ass and, what, and whatever, whatever slot it, it was huge. They put it in. And after the first season, you know, uh, the character that played Raj and the and, uh, uh, Fred Berry, the character that played Rerun. Rerun, they wanted to renegotiate their contracts and they wanted to get more money. They canceled the show. They was like, you know what? We're not giving you shit. We can- they canceled the show the next season. I believe it. And then they brought it back. And after that, yeah, no, so yeah. It's, don't, you know, it's just not really, a, you know, it wasn't a he kind of wants to frame it as some type of meritocracy where you had to pull in these certain numbers or you just wasn't getting on the air, it, it kind of negating and that no majority of black shows can get those numbers, which is not true. Like, they, yeah. they, they split, yeah, yeah, they said that you could not have a majority black or Asian or Latino show and the big four networks because you'd lose audience. And I, I'm like, this is a perfect example of why this wasp guy shouldn't be talking to David Simon, creator of the wire, you know, and talk and be the ones talking about this because any black person or any white person with a memory, remember good times, two, two, seven fresh Prince of Bel Air in living color, family matters, Cosby show, a different world. What's happening Martin living single rock Martin living single rock uh the whole UPN lineup the WB lineup um like hell even South Central yeah like South Central with the uh, Lorenz Tate you had uh well that one a lot of those low budget little uh, well that one I think was a was a ratings flop so that one I think would it was a flop but it was a it was a it was a decent well, show. it was a decent show but these guys are trying to say that no black shows can get an audience and be profitable. Oh, you know, okay. you're saying like, if, yeah, you're you're saying right. yeah, if you yeah. had one, you would lose audience, you know? And one thing, one thing I noticed is like, uh, both white liberals and like blavity blacks, when they write their pieces, they have to exaggerate how bad and what a wasteland black anything was before today hmm. so that they can always yeah. try to act like what they're creating, what their class of, uh, Blavity Blacks is creating is more profound and groundbreaking. How transcendent, of, yeah. you know, it, it rises above that that mediocrity of the '90s and late '80s. Yeah, for example, I saw like a lot. I saw like uh, Issa Rae saying this about herself, and also um, other people saying it about her show. And it's like never before did we have a show that you know showed uh, the mundanity of black life like just regular things like you know running errands and stuff before insecure yeah. before then oh, everything no, yeah. was that ain't true yeah. either, you know like we were watching like uh what's that show with the diana ross's daughter that Girl show was friends. on yeah uh there was the other one half and half with uh uh damn the girl from Half Baked with the with the frizzy yeah, hair. Yeah, I think it was called. I think it's called Half yeah. and Half. Uh, I think yeah, I think it was called Half and Half. Uh, that that would just regular life of regular black that show chicks. Which, that show with Flex know, Alexander uh, and Kyla Pratt. I forgot about that one, but where he's a single dad. Oh, oh yeah, that was a good one too. I like yeah, that and, one. I used to, man, you know, really fine. I I should. She's probably closer to my age, so I don't feel like a perp when I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 grew up pretty attractive, but yeah, she um, but but that that show, um, had regular mundane experiences like 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 how you say Insecure is the first show that 
uh, show black people not being superhuman or not saving the world. Like, they just make up. Like you said, Rock was a fucking garbage man. His wife was a nurse. You know, it was regular people. You know what I mean? You just, you mentioned that Rock. That was a, he was a garbage man. She was a nurse. They had, a, he had a, a lazy ass brother. Uh, the dad was living with them. And it was, yeah. You know what I mean? That's regular, that's regular like, life. I think the white liberals say it because the black people that they work with and hire say it. And because they don't really have any expertise on black culture or care about even double checking or anything. Cause, because they're like, um, okay, if you say this is true, then I'll say it's true. And the black people, I think they probably do know better, but this is what they want to sell because they want to make people discover them. You know, they want, they want, they want, they want people to, value them and everything has to be about selling their tribe you know so it's kind of like how that girl said um that uh the the black token from daria is the most important character of the 90s you know and if yes if yes any regular black person what's the most important um black character of the 90s none of them are gonna say her not a one not a one maybe one yeah if she happened to if you happen to run past her on the survey, you should, yeah, you got one. You got one. Yeah, uh, Issa Rae like uh, has was raving about that piece. I I, I believe oh, too. She? Yeah, Issa Rae, Issa Rae was like, oh yeah, I love that character. You know, so you know they're all kind of. There's about twelve think pieces on that Jodie Landon character. I was surprised at how many wow. there were. There's like a and ton. like you know what and like from this is coming from a guy that used to watch the show. Um, she like I I remember less about her than you know the the damn Daria's dad. That guy was that guy was funny. It was pretty, it was pretty funny, I mean? but, but that's funny. <laughs> funny. That's funny. I tweeted uh, that video and like ten other similar think pieces because since two thousand ten, mm-hmm. there've been Blavity Blacks writing articles talking about how iconic a civil rights icon this uh token character was on, on Daria. Like there's a whole industry, a cottage industry of writing pieces about this girl. Like it's, it's really weird. But when I put the thread, a lot of people were like, and some of them were like, were like black people. They were like, who's that character? <laughs> they didn't even uh, remember. Like, like I, I watched Daria. I don't remember that character. Like uh, I must've missed her. And, uh, but this is what I find interesting. I mean, I remember her because I, you know, I did watch the show, but, I mean, like she wasn't she that marginal of a person in in the in the show that for you to make that case. Like I said, I remember the guy's band. You know what I'm saying? It came to me, the Mystic Spiral. It was. I don't even know if we ever watched the band play, but I remember the name of the band. I remember him. I remember his little smoker's cough. Her, nothing. What I remember, what I what I noticed was, um, the way they were talking about her, I thought she was going to really outshine. Maybe that's me because I'm a misogynist. Uh I might be a misogynist. Oh, maybe a misogynist noirist. Uh, the the main what what's his name? What's his? I thought the way they were talking, I thought she was going to be way more, um intelligent or whatever than the black guy and also way more prominent but when i was watching they were almost equal and i think he actually edged her out in screen time and um 
speaking. But not just that, he wasn't like an idiot. He was pretty much the same as her. They were both equally intelligent. So what I found really interesting is, and somebody actually pointed this out to me on um, Twitter. They were like, hey, I used to watch the show. And trust me, both of them were pretty marginal. But what's weird is that the guy was really no worse than the girl. So why are they all only just talking about the female character? Like they just pretty much like erased the guy. Like he was just non-existent and just made it about like the black girl. But what I think is interesting is if she had a white boyfriend on the show, oh. even if it, even if it was like um the idiot like the, the idiot football player who was like a total poster boy for um the dumb jock yeah the dumb jock but not just that but the dumb jock is a symbol of like white patriarchy white mediocrity um old boys club whatever like, so, so even if she wasn't with like a woke white guy but you know someone someone like that who was just like an airhead but you know good looking and whatever they would have an equal amount of think pieces to him as well as her. Like they'd be like having all these woke bay um think pieces about how Kevin was woke bay, he was Jody Landon's boyfriend. I bet you they would have a ton of think pieces about him. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Along along with, with her. Yeah. Yeah. They um they were we were a weird bunch. Um in the in the Donald Glover article, they also had a point where uh just more of that whole thing about things they were saying. They were talking to the guy who created blackish and they're asking him and he was kind of saying similar things I've, i felt he was kind of representing things he said like oh executives uh, only wanted more of the tyler perry model they wanted to make all our voices monolithic and i feel like that's like a dog whistle among a certain type of bougie black person to keep using monolith like black people are not a monolith and black people are not um, monolithic. And I think what they really mean by that is they don't want to get associated with poor black people. That's what mo- like monolith is a code word. It's like a, it's like a dog whistle. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, but I don't know. If, I don't think he was using it in that way though. Like, I don't think I, I don't, I don't look at Donald as that type of person. Maybe oh, oh, I'm missing no, something. No, 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 no. He didn't say uh, that. The creator of blackish said that the creator oh, of blackish okay. was trying to claim that, um, before Blackish in those shows, executives just wanted the Tyler Perry model. They they looked to make all our voices monolithic. What he was trying to say is they just wanted ghetto, and they wanted everything to be the same. And and he was the one who said that, not uh, Donald Glover. I agree. I don't think Donald Glover would uh, say that. But I feel like monolithic is what I'm saying is like this dog whistle among those type of bushy black people. And one reason I don't buy it is because. If every single um, black show was like um, insecure and blackish and, you know, was all like bougie and met the needs of, you know, self-presentation that they have and self-esteem management, like, you know, therapy and all that stuff, they wouldn't care how monolithic it was. Every single show could be that. So they don't really care about having various multiple voices like like you know i think they say monolithic and it's really a code for um ghetto or poor or blue collar like like yeah. well um, you seen that when you remember when um when, when trump was running for president 
And yes. he was talking about the conditions of the inner city. And then you had all these supposedly woke type, hey, we're not all poor. We're not all it was I I was that that was kind of my first experience really with that type of thought process that you're mentioning right now because I was like, I mean, like, okay, we know that, but why are you why are you protesting so hard on that point? And some of them even got more explicit with it. They said, I'm not poor and none of my friends are poor. And I'm oh, like, yeah, no, I went to college and, uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, I graduated top of my class in Dartmouth and, you know, yeah. I'm, a, you know, uh, a mechanical engineer and I'm not poor. And it's like, Don't so put fucking, me with so them. fucking what? Like, like most, a lot of black people, a lot of disproportionate amount of black people are poor. Like, you know, so, really? so I'm proud of you, but, you know, you're not representing the average uh, yeah, black experience. Exactly. Congratulations. But yeah, you know, nobody mm-hmm. has to mention you're doing good. So you don't really need to, you don't really need the kudos, buddy. Just take your little six figure check and, you know, be happy with that. You don't have to fucking be offended that he, how dare he th- lump us all in with this urban yeah, get the, fuck, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and and um, yes, they talked to David Simon some more in this article, and then David Simon is like, first of all, why David Simon is like people start treating David Simon like he's actually black because he did the Wire, which is like mm. really weird to me. Like, why yeah. why is he being asked to speak on this? Is an example of why I think having this guy was kind of annoying because I feel like the writer to him. His main experience with black culture is probably the wire. Like, you know, it's probably when, like, oh, I want to research something authentically black. Let me go to the wire created by David Simon. Like, you know, so he's having him. Well, you know what? Like, the things I liked about the article, like, is the actual quotes that you get from Donald. Yeah. This guy, those were the things that, and I think, I don't, you know, maybe, you know, whatever. The other faults is he was able to elicit that from him. Uh, bring bring from Donald some things yes. that I you know that I thought about and, and I you know I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. You know I didn't really, I want to make clear. Well, that's why that's I want to make clear. Friends with you, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the article. Yeah, aspects of of you know some of the nuances you get you get you know you're uh, I don't want to call you a perfectionist, but yeah, you probably that too, but. You are you are you're observant and and you're very uh to be clear, I don't think it's a bad it's not, a lot of it doesn't get by you. No, no, I know. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that 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 certain aspect of the article doesn't get by you that uh that kind of uh 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 um white the, the undercurrent uh the undercurrent, it, the undertone. Yeah, that little that that escapes a probably well probably maybe not even a lot of our listeners, but the, me and a lot of people like me might have missed that aspect of it, which is why. Well, well my thing is, my like thing you. is, I expect a lot of people to miss it, like because I think that's the value yeah. of yeah. the show. Like, like you know, when I joke and say like we're context providers, like I try to find the mm-hmm. things that people would miss, and I admit that it's not something that is like like it's nitpicking for a purpose because i, I want to kind of train people to think about no it's not petty yeah. at all it's not petty it's 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 you know and it's i think you know when you when you when you point those things out and people go back and you know what yo he's right you know if you look at that you see how they're 
but it when you when you point that out here, people can take that with them to read other articles, and you say, "Oh, they did that here." That's and my like hope. You said, yeah. You know, that's that's exactly. Like you hope. pointed out the similarities between, you know what I mean. So I think that's 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 good. That's that's. But listen, listen. And to I what, like to be along for that ride. Yeah, listen to what David Simon said. He said, and this is such self-congratulatory bullshit. He said, "I felt mm-hmm. like Donald Glover was doing an entire show of the moments we treasured on the wire, the asides between drug dealers on the corner, the pop culture riffs." We were, where we were stealing uh, one back from television. Watching it felt luxurious. So he basically credited himself for the black conversation and tone of Atlanta, which I thought was so amazingly... Like He feels like he created yeah. uh, authentic black culture on television. He said Donald Glover created an entire show of the moments he, David Simon, did on the wire as if he was kind of spiritual. And the only reason why David Simon had a lot of those stories is because he talked to the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the brothers that was living that life that the stories is based on. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, uh, what's the brother's name? The old, he died recently. Well, not recently, maybe a year or two ago. Melvin. Um, I know who you're talking about. Well, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he got a lot of, he got those stories you know, from it's not like he just came out of his, you know, his imagination and brought this to the screen. He took other people's stories, really didn't compensate them for it, and and put them on the screen. And like he's a hero. Like get out, get out, get, get and that's out. That's something here. that Ishmael. That's something. That's something that Ishmael Reed criticized him a lot for it too. Like Ishmael Reed uh, criticizes him for what he feels is kind of like cashing in on that yeah. type of culture. Uh, and, and he said that what David Simon did with that kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishmael Reed, Ishmael Reed called into a radio show where David Simon was there with that kid, mm-hmm. and he, he he told him straight up, "You're using this kid." And he said that it was like Buffalo Bill going around the country exhibiting Indians, you know. And uh, yeah, he got, he got into a lot of trouble. But what I found interesting is, okay, even if what you said was right, which is right, right? That that he um got it from the black people, right, in real life, and then brought it to the screen, like, he might try to take credit and say, well, sure, I got it from them, but I was the one that first brought it to the screen, which is still even not true. Like, black people have been portraying authentic black street culture in their own fiction, whether, you know, like, like for, for years, like, you know, how many drug dealer uh, movies have been made by, like, uh, black people like you know what about like uh juice you know directed by a black guy boys in the hood like like he really thinks like um donald glover had nobody to go to but him um, uh, like like he, like he really thinks he is the reason for the authentic black voice and, and well that's a, that's typical of that you know what i'm saying of a certain type of white person you know what i mean it's like columbus discovered america exactly you know what i mean i mean it's negating everything that came before that because it, it, it there wasn't it wasn't white yeah it wasn't white so it didn't it don't count so it was little things like that that was bothering me by this article because the people he was going to to comment on I'm like you couldn't find any you you could have asked like a lot of like uh black creators besides the guy who created Blackish and David Simon who's apparently honorary black 
and created black Honorary. created authentic <laughs> black street culture on TV. You know, like that kind of annoyed me that they were even in in this article. But you're right. The parts with Donald Glover. See, I felt Donald Glover really brought a lot to this and i feel like this guy he's not without he brought everything yeah, to this. and he's not he brought he's not without his talent because like you said he was very good at eliciting this stuff from donald glover which in a way that i think a lot of uh black writers wouldn't have because they would have been too busy trying to insert their own issues and stuff into the thing and maybe be a little over overly praising and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right on that one. And uh, but you know, for for all the all those flaws that you pointed out, I would recommend the article. Just you know, just on the strength of, uh, not even just Donald Glover. Like some of the uh, they he talked to um his some of his oh, castmates. Yeah, it was, and, uh, it was all friend good. of his. And it was it was like very stuff. And I'll also um, add that this guy's kind of voice and undertones to me is another reason to read it because I want people to read this article and kind and kind of yeah. see how they kind of view back things because you know there's a lot of things th- th- a lot of his little pushbacks to Donald Glover's I think are very interesting you know like um Mm-hmm. Like, like he said, like this question that he asked Donald Glover, you know, Donald Glover was saying a lot of boastful stuff and, you know, self-confident stuff. Mm-hmm. And this question I thought was kind of a little low-key greasy. He said, um, I'm reading from the article, I asked why, given his talents and ambitions, he'd bothered to do a two-scene cameo as a small-time crook in Spider-Man Homecoming. It was clear why Marvel and Sony, the studios involved, cast him. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, he'd be saying, oh, it's pretty interesting that you say you're so big. So uh, why'd you bother to do a two-scene cameo as a small-time crook in uh, Spider-Man Coming? And, and you know, he was basically, I mean, he said it was clear why Marvel hmm. and Sony uh, hired him. I think he was pretty much saying, like, oh, he's um, kind of a likable token. We can just, uh, you know, put him in there uh audiences uh like him so i felt there's a little bit of shade like he was like you know a a real big shot wouldn't have bothered to do that scene but this is another reason why i'm saying that a wasp like him is not a good person because throughout this article he seems to believe in meritocracy and think that black black people have the same shots as white people like ryan reynolds can have 20 flops in a row. also i think Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish that. Ryan Reynolds could have 20 flops in a row and keep getting another bite in the apple until he finally gets an A-list hit like Deadpool. Whereas a black guy wouldn't yeah, have been allowed exactly. to flop that much. And so like a, a black uh-huh. actor, even if he's talented and ambitious, he's not going to take the same risk and do the same things as like a Ryan Reynolds. He has to do those yeah. little two scene cameos or do those little things to kind of keep his name hot and learn and all that stuff. 